Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to Room 104. As always, you can get in touch on our WhatsApp 087-6797-104. I'm going to say a couple of years ago, unfortunately, a Victorian artifact from our cultural Irish heritage and history. It was put up on auction and sold to apparently a private American investor. And we lost this item, this artifact, this thing, which we will talk about more in a little bit. Um, what we thought was forever until recently, I believe, it came back on the market and a crowdfunder was set up to try very, very hard and get this particular item back. The person who's going to tell us more about that story, uh, Shauna Scott from sexshop.ie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? This is a fascinating story. It is. It's yeah. so it's so culturally appropriate. It's so historically <laughs> relevant. There's so many important aspects to this. But for somebody who may not have seen the stellar work that you've been doing over the last while, uh, take us back to the start of this story about this v- it's a Victorian era sex toy. Well, I mean, the, the ivory itself, because it's, it's made from elephant ivory, So what ended up happening was this Anglo-Irish family, probably would have been landlords way back in the day, brought this ivory back from, we think, India. Um, And it would have stayed just like as a tusk, like a hunting trophy for a while. And then around the turn of the century, we assumed that the man of the household brought it back to China with him um, and had it carved into a dildo to give to his wife. How romantic. Yeah. I mean, it actually is kind of romantic because at the base of it, um, there's a little like heart carved into it where her thumb or her finger would lie. And there's a little compartment at the bottom of it where you could keep a little lock of your lover's hair. Wow. <laughs> it's, I don't want to sound ignorant or stupid here, but <clears throat> for some reason, I don't associate toys of that nature with the past. Uh, you know no, what I mean? Like, no, I, I, I would have yeah. thought that was a, a ra- rather modern invention. Yeah. I would never have Not- thought something from the, eight, the 18th century or 17th century w- would be mm. around. For as long as we've had sex, we've had sex toys. Um, there's, you can find um, prehistoric dildos in, in museums that are, that are like 25, 30,000 years old. What? That's yeah, I think, really? yeah I think the oldest the oldest one we have on record is something like twenty five thousand years old. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, you have to give it to the Catholic Church for suppressing all of that. <laughs> <laughs> you have to give them a high five and go. That has been shamed out of our consciousness. Wow. Oh, but Shauna, wow. more importantly, would that not be really sore? The dildo. Mm. Well, I mean, it's carved to be smooth. I know it's smooth, but it's kind like of like it's very like it's polished. very realistic looking. It, it's quite rock solid, though. Yeah, but I mean, you can get like rock solid. Dildos, like I, I sell um, stainless steel dildos myself. Really? So yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. 
I'm Maybe sure it's a preference, I guess. They, they might be more uh, hygienically friendly stainless steel is always a, a better option than, than a lot of other things. So so that's the, the history of this ivory in carved kind of sex doll. What happened after, obviously, the husband comes back or, or I don't know how much we know about it, gives it to the wife. I don't know if the wife liked it or not, but obviously it stayed somewhere for a while and then got sold recently. It or stayed, yeah, it stayed in the home for over 100 years. And then um, in 2017, obviously, like the family were doing a clear out of the house, getting rid of like some, some antiques and things. And this was this was part of the lot. And that was, yeah, a couple of years ago. The day that it was going on auction, I was going off on my holidays. And so I wasn't able to participate in the auction. Yeah. Um, and I was devastated because um, it, it had gotten quite a lot of press in the run up to it. And I'm like, I know, I just know it's going to end up leaving the country. And sure enough, uh, a private American collector had, had purchased it. Uh, and so I just assumed it was gone. That was it. We were never going to see it again. And then last Saturday, like two days before the auction, a customer of mine um, emailed me and said, you might want to have a look at this. This might interest you. And I clicked on the link and it was to an auction house. And sure enough, there was a photo of the same dildo. And I'm like, it obviously never left. And then what I realized now, since the auction, I had spoken to the auctioneer and it was indeed the, the same dildo. And what happened was since then, there's been an ivory ban in place in the United States. They decided to, to put it up for auction again and, and try to, to get a bit of their money back. And um, what ended up happening like in the run-up to the auction, I was like, look, this is such a huge piece of our own sexual history. It would be a shame to lose it again a second time. And so I just went to Twitter and I went to Instagram and said, like, look, I know this is a long shot. The auction <laughs> is in. Looked at my watch. Two hours. But I think with the power of the Internet, <laughs> we can make this happen. And we did. Like, we got over a grand in donations um, in the space of 90 minutes. And then mm-hmm. when the auction went up, we ended up getting it for 620 euros. So a fraction of what it was sold for originally two years ago. I think it was sold for just over 3,000 two years ago. Amazing. And did you know how many other people were bidding on it? I couldn't see how many people were bidding on it because it was on, um, I was online and then um, then they had people in the room and you can't see who's yeah. in the room. Yeah. But it did um, compare, because I was watching some of the other auction items like come up and go and come up and go. And this one did seem to have a bit more interest. It started at 400. I think it started with the bidding at 400 and it just went and went and went until we got to 620 and then kind of flashed on the screen like you're the top bidder you're the top bidder and then I was just like waiting with bated breath like what's going to happen what's going to happen <laughs> and and then it just flashed up you won the item and I just jumped up and just started screaming I was alone in the office <laughs> just screaming at my computer screen Oh, that's brilliant. So you've collected it and everything, have you? No. So it sold through an auction house in Kinsale and they're sending it up to me. So once um, once I get it, I'm going to try to place it with a with a museum. I've had a, a couple of museums in Dublin get in touch with me. And so they want to obviously like verify its authenticity and see if there was going to be any provenance with it. I, I don't know how museum management works, but they wanted to have experts like look it over first. And then once they can verify that it is what they say it is, then take offers from museums. Now, when you say take offers, do they have to pay you or are you going to donate it to them? No, no, no. It would be donation or it would be um, putting it on like a permanent loan. More than anything, I want to make sure that it 
who I donate it to is going to um, ensure that it's on display so that everyone can enjoy it visually. I don't want it to sit in a shelf gathering dust. You're going to have it behind like a, an iced out window or a pixelated glass box in a museum just to, you know, keep all the, the mums and, and dads happy in case uh, <laughs> prying eyes see it. It'll be blurred behind the screen for, <laughs> for eternity somewhere. Well, that's exactly what I don't want. I want people to be able to en- enjoy our sexual history and like and prove once and for all we're not the proofs that we that we think that we are that we can look at these things and talk about them in a mature and frank manner I'd love to see it I really would I think it's fascinating well hopefully you'll get your chance soon yeah, yeah. is there anything else that you've discovered or that you would love to bid on or get sometime in the future that you've seen oh I don't know like this is just I mean this is your luck and serendipity that this happened again like don't know anything about like museum management or like auction antique auctions but if something like this popped up again i would be happy to crowdfund for it i'd love to get more artifacts like these in our museums because i really think that a lot of times what ends up happening is museums tend to give preference to things that have a connection to like the famine or the 1916 easter rising and i would love to have more of our own like sexual history yeah no you mean like if you can find some sort of tie-in where this was like uh linked to the famine back in the day mm-hmm. or the sexual famine of the 1700s that this was uh, a bigger issue than the potato one of, of back in the day you might be able to angle it that way to them but um it is mad i said if you've just tuned in we're talking to shauna scott from sexshopper.ie that ran a very successful two-hour crowdfunding campaign to buy back victorian era sex doll which originally went for about three thousand and you got it for under a thousand euros so happy day so it's staying here uh, in the country but Again, I'm still kind of perplexed, not perplexed, but just surprised that those kind of ideas and sex life and sex dolls or sex toys were around so long ago. The only other thing I've ever come across before from, let's say, hundreds of years ago was this idea that they used forms of sex toys on female patients. Is that right? As a, as a method of treatment. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where we get the idea for um, vibrators and things. Now, there are people who are contesting that and saying that that wasn't necessarily true, but it was true that uh, the, the female orgasm was something that was hotly debated and still, like, ridiculously is um, being debated amongst, like, people on the Internet. But, yeah, people believed that women couldn't have orgasms the way that, that men could. More funny than that was up until, like, the early 1900s, people didn't believe that lesbians existed because women don't enjoy sex the way that men enjoy sex apparently that was a thought so to stimulate a woman sexually was more to kind of relieve tension than it was to do with anything sexual I was just going to say there I'd say back in the day you know that you're saying like you couldn't even imagine them using a tildo or whatever I'd say they had so much more time and probably better sex than we're having today. I wouldn't know about that. Like, honestly, I mean, if we think about the, the women's rights movement and, like, the idea that um, that people didn't think that women had any sexual pleasure, therefore uh, women's sexual pleasure was just ignored. I would really hope that we're having much better sex today than we were a couple hundred years ago. It just felt like they had more time, you know? But women we didn't all, work, they were at home. They were working, though. They had, like, 12 kids back in the day and the, the fellow was down a coal mine and came back with a broken back well, 
do anything. Yeah, the, the eight-hour eight workday is a fairly recent thing. Up until that point, people were working 12 to 16-hour workdays. Wouldn't be a whole lot of time for, for sex. Well, no, they didn't have phones back then either. They weren't on Instagram constantly. <laughs> no, no Netflix in bed when they went home. No, they just had their themselves, you know. Listen, Shauna, I'm not sure what will happen with this or what museum it's going to end up in, but for someone who's listening right now who might want to follow along and see where it does end up, where's the best place that you'll be maybe updating people on the status of the item? The best place to find me is on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at sexshopa, S-E-X-S-I-O-P-A, all one word. Yeah, just follow along on social media. I'll be given... uh, pretty frequent updates. Thank you so much. Thanks for popping on this evening and very best of luck and congratulations on uh, securing a part of our sexual history. Thank you so much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.